Welcome to Solving the People Puzzle. I'm your host, Francois de Wett, entrepreneur, organizational psychologist, and the founder of Whamly, South Africa's largest provider of one-way video interview software, where we help organizations hire better people faster by reducing the time you spend in interviews. If you would like to find out more about our company, you can visit our website at whamly.io. If not, simply sit back, subscribe to the podcast, and enjoy this journey with me where we aim to solve the people puzzle. Welcome to another episode of Solving the People Puzzle, where we aim to help business leaders, HR execs, anybody in HR, or who are passionate about people, solve the people puzzle. On a weekly basis, we invite phenomenal guests, industry leaders to come and speak with us on topics that they are really passionate about. And today, it's a massive privilege for me to have Eric Kruger with me on the episode. Eric, I will not call you Krier like Marnus does. I will go with Eric Kruger. Um, <laughs> but no, but it's, uh, it's, an absolute <laughs> it's an absolute privilege to have you here. I'm so excited to share this awesome topic that you are extremely passionate about with you. I also believe that we don't speak about it enough, but before we jump into that, uh, welcome and yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, phenomenal. Thank you so much. Um, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing as well. So uh, equally a great pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Eric, for those of you, and I imagine you have to go quite far to find someone like that, but for those of the audience who haven't heard about you yet or aren't reading your wonderful content, um, you're now a best-selling author. Congratulations on that. Um, Just share a bit about uh, who you are, what you do as an intro. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I'm the founder of a company called Modern Breed, and really the entire ethos behind the company is to modernize leaders and teams. Uh, so ultimately to help them figure out how to thrive in this very complex world that we find ourselves in. Mm. Uh, the work that I do typically falls into two different categories. On the one hand, I'm a keynote speaker. So I'm at conferences and events and thanks to Zoom really all across the world, uh, speaking about team improvement and leadership improvement and what, it, mm. what that looks like. And, um, like you mentioned, I had a book come out earlier in the year called Dangerous. Um, yes. went on to become a bestseller. Super heavy about that. Yes. And so obviously like a lot of the, the talks that I've been delivering, Thank you. have been around the book. And then the second part of what I do is really the biggest part of what I do, which is that I spend time with teams either at off-sites. Uh, now that we're back in person, it's been phenomenal to be you know, in the bush and mm. at hotels again. Um, so spend time with them at off-sites, facilitating conversation, uh, coaching teams to figure out how they can become high-performing teams in a world that's uh, changing very, very rapidly and changing all the time. Yes. Um, so in a nutshell, that's what I do. You know, um, I'm trying to shift perspectives so that people can see the world differently and then do things differently. Yeah, sure. So powerful. And I can imagine, Eric, over the last couple of years, how relevant this conversation with all its complexities and levels that you just described has become, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's quite interesting, actually, because just for my, my own journey is that pre-pandemic, I was so into team coaching and then the moment the pandemic hit, I actually withdrew from it a little bit because I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do team coaching virtually, like yes. it's not the same, you know? And, uh, and I've come around now to the point where I really enjoy virtual team coaching because okay. actually there's such a phenomenal world of tools to access that allows us to brainstorm and have uh, good collaborative sessions together. Yes. But this is part of the, the journey that we have to go on is that we have to be willing to explore these new ways of doing things, explore and experiment with these mm. new tools mm, mm, um, mm. and ultimately see what they can unlock for us. So, 100%. Yeah. Crazy so, Eric, what, 
for those of the audience listening out there immediately going, wait, 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 team coaching, is there such mm. a thing as team coaching? Mm. Like let's start there as a foundation. What is high level team coaching? And then we'll get into some of the detail around that. Mm. So uh, over the past few years, coaching has become incredibly popular for individuals. Yes. And what we realize is that having someone external to you that gives you feedback, that perhaps is a, a content expert or a process expert that can shortcut the process of learning for you in a specific domain. Mm -hmm. um, but that has become incredibly helpful to us. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we find is that in organizations at the moment, people are prescribed coaching left, right, and center. It used to be this remedial thing that yes. if you were failing and on your way out, you know, we'd give you some coaching, try and keep you in the business. That's it. Now it's changed. Now we look at it and we go, um, if you're a high performer and we want you to keep fun functioning at that level, or we want to push you to an even higher level, let's give you some support. And typically that's in the form of coaching. Mm. Uh, but then we moved to over to teams and we are quite familiar with the, the concept of having a coach in sports teams, right? Yes, but of course. Not for business, um, which is kind of weird to me because it's one of the most sort of complex environments that you could find yourself in is when you lob a group of people together and you tell them yeah. to go and accomplish a certain task, mm. but they all have different backgrounds. They have mm. different ideas about how the world operates, different working styles, but we somehow expect these people to work together. Yeah. And team coaching then is to, uh, I think, first and foremost, be a, a, a content expert in teams to understand yeah. what makes a high-performing team to start with, because there's a, a ton of research about it at the moment. And then on top of that, to facilitate the process yeah. for how do we, how do we then um, do all these things that, that teams require. So how do we collaborate? How do we cooperate? How do we mm. engage in conflict? How do we uh, communicate with each other? Because... Mm. And this has been one of the biggest learnings just for myself is that the more I dig into the research of teams, the more I go, like, how do we get this to work at all? <laughs> like, I'm, yes. I'm flabbergasted that we get to work to, to uh, a point where teams actually perform well. Yeah. So it's incredibly complex, but uh, team coaching provides a space where teams can zoom out, focus on the sure. team, and then ask, how do we do better moving forward? Sure. That's so valuable. I, listening to you, I'm going, okay. If I consider teams that I've observed and even some of the teams here at Whamley in the different pockets that we've got, um, there's always individual clear objectives. And then we have the company wide objective, but I've never really thought about, so what is the objective holistically for that team and for this team? Mm. Mm. And then when you, when you look at successful teams, you either go to a individual in that team who's actually doing 80% of it. Um, or you, you're not exactly sure how the team met the goal, but they did. Mm. And I guess when you operate in that space, there's probably a, a, you know, a lot of room for misinterpretation, for opportunities lost, for inefficiencies to creep in. So I would love, I would love to hear from you who did spend time now in the research, Eric, where are teams currently? What are you seeing when you start engaging with your clients, when they bring you in to say, Eric, we need a team coach. What is like baseline for them before you start with the yeah. journey? Um, so two things. The first is that what you were referring to now is, um, is actually quite a common problem, which is that teams don't have a clear purpose and that often teams sure. inherit purpose from the organization or yes. we, we kind of look at, you know, what the individuals do and we Frankenstein together some sort of a purpose, but team design is really important. So team design is uh, the composition of the team. So, you know, who's in the team, uh, from a diversity point of view, 
um, who's in the team from a knowledge, skills, and abilities point of view, and then also the mm. size of the team. Those are mm. what we, we consider like the design of it. But part of design also is having a compelling purpose for the team. So sure. what makes this team special and what can they execute on that no other team can execute on? Um, and that they know that they need to work together in order to, to be able to do that. And um, that purpose, that compelling pur comp uh, purpose is consequential. It has to be clear and it has to be challenging. Those are the three criteria for uh, a clear purpose. Consequential, so clear, and challenging. Consequential, clear, and challenging, yeah. Okay. So um, every team has to be clear on what their purpose is, right? And that's part of the design. And often we actually need to take a step back from process all the way back to design and say, let's relaunch the team. Let's just start from scratch and just go, do we have the right people here? Is the team perhaps too big? Because research shows that you need somewhere between six and eight people on a team. Otherwise, it starts getting messy. Okay. Um, and do we have the, the right kind of thinking on the team, right? And once we have that and people have a clear purpose, now we can start thinking about all the process-related things um, that teams need to pay attention to. Mm. And that's in the second part to your question. When teams bring me in these days, the sort of biggest thing that I've realized, and I, I don't get it, to be honest. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what's happening. Why am I seeing this? Is that... Just as, just as the way that we have personal development um, coaches for, for individuals, we have personal development plans for individuals. Yes. It's not, it's not a weird thing, right? Like a PDP yes. is yes. commonplace in organizations. And of which then one of your actions in the PDP is, is get a coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the underlying um, idea with a PDP is that we believe in the bettering of the individual. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. And then I go, well, okay. It, what we know is that um, for us to deal with all of the biggest challenges in business, we need our teams to be operating at their best. Yes. So what is your team development plan? Sure. And then guys go, what? TDP? I'm like, so, does that TDP? exist? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, well, um, if you believe in the bettering of the individual and therefore you have a PDP, then surely if you believe in the bettering of the team, you would have a TDP, yeah. like a, a sure. team development plan. Sure. But yet it doesn't exist. Doesn't and it's exist. been blowing my mind. You know, we've been doing research. So every team that I work with, I ask them to complete a questionnaire for us. It's called the Build Better Teams questionnaire. And uh, all the metrics are quite average. So like we, mm. we assess them across conflict, communication, accountability, you know, you name it, the important mm. things in, in teamwork. Mm. 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 Everything is average. Like let's say 60 to 70%, some outliers here and there. But the one biggest outlier across the board is dedicated time for team development. Sure. A, as a whole, only 27% of people in teams say that they have dedicated time for team development. 27%. Like physically, this is the day or the slot in the month where the focus is we are developing the team. That's it. As wow. in once a month, we have a space where we are doing some team building. Because sure. you know, what I've also realized is that team development isn't maybe the, the correct language. Um, mm. We are so used to the the phrase team building, and that sort of encompasses everything to do with working on the team. Uh, so team development might be a bit of a foreign way of expressing it as well. Mm. But just to say, is there a specific time in the month where you are not focused on the task of the team, but you are focused on the team itself? Sure. And only 27% sure. of team members say that, yes, such a time exists. And I'm wow. like, that blows my mind. So where are we actually then being more intentional with how we are developing our teams for the challenges they are facing and also to live into the potential that that team has.
Yes. So that's the biggest gap I'm seeing at the moment. I'm like, I want every organization to contact me so we can create team development plans for their wow. teams and like be more intentional with this process. Yes. Okay. So I, I want to go back to a couple of things because there's a lot to unpack there. Firstly, you have now started creating that awareness and the research is now clearly showing that we're not focusing on it. Before we can focus on it, we need to be aware of it. So we are one as a whole, maybe this is a blanket statement, but we are not aware of the fact that we want to better our teams and therefore we need team development plans with focus, attention and action during the month to actually do that. So now my question then becomes, Eric, when you then meet these teams, what is the general emotion? I can imagine it is frustration, it is uh, anxiety, um, it is a, a lost sense of purpose, direction. What is my contribution to the team? Uh, we've got the one golden boy and we're all just, you know, kind of supporting him or her. Are those fair comments around emotions that you ex encounter with? Mm. Yeah, it's quite funny that you would say that because, um, and you haven't even seen my keynotes around this, but my keynote starts off with the idea of team frustration. Oh, well, um, no audience. And, I have not seen the keynote. <laughs> he's not, I promise he has not seen my keynote, but the, uh, the funny thing is that that frustration is actually born from a place where you have people who know that they can achieve more, that there's the potential oh, wow. to be more, mm. but it's almost like you just can't cross the chasm. You know, you mm. just are kind of stuck where you are. And I mean, we experience this when we play golf, right? It's like you walk off the course, uh, you shoot a 90 or well, not in my, not in your case, in my case, uh, you shoot a 90 and you go <laughs> off and you go like, I could have shot 85 or 83. Like it's, yes. it's right there. Like it was that one hole. Why did I make that decision? It was just that one hole. Like I, yeah. I pushed it a little bit there. I like, and you go and like, it, it really is within your grasp to be able to play that. But the reason you never get to that is because you don't train for it. Right. And sure. so like you show up sure. on game day and of course you hit the same score every single time because in between you did nothing to get better. Mm. And I think that's the same thing that our teams and experience is that we, we get our, our performance reviews or we uh, get together in our team build, you know, once a quarter or once a year or whatever. And we go, actually the team isn't better. And it's yeah. frustrating because we could be better. Yeah. Well, you need to train for it. Sure. So okay. I think that frustration is, is spot on what you were saying. Yeah. And I mean, you know, reflecting on the emotion, you know, frustration can then go into many different routes or paths or play mm. out in different ways. You know, disappointments, anxiety, uh, giving up, um, or making the opposite decision, decision to say, okay, you know what, we need to train. Um, and then the question then becomes how. And, and mm. I would love that second part for the audience who, who's got the same question. Um, you know, how do we then actually practically go about doing, moving mm. away from that emotion to a place where we can thrive and achieve and experience um, ex enjoyment, excitement, flow, etc. Yeah, I think there's a few different ways that you could approach it. Um, one way would be to do an assessment, and mm. there are plenty of different assessments out there. Um, mm. And you could see, you know, where the team is struggling the most, and then just start using that as the the starting point for okay, this is what we're going to improve, and we'll you know over time focus on different aspects as we go. Um, that's one way. The way that I've been approaching it is to say to teams that every team, irrespective of um, intentionality or not, or awareness or not, has an operating system, and an operating mm -hmm. system is a way of how we do things together as a team. 
And for most teams, unfortunately, this operating system is invisible, it's unintentional, and it's outdated. You know, sure. it gets created in the process of us working together, not as a result of us sitting down and saying, how do we want to show up as a team? Mm. Proactively so, building it and designing it. Proactively building it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So what you would do then is you would say, let's sit down and try and figure out what the current operating system is. Like, what does that, what does it look like at the moment? Yeah. Um, or you don't even have to do that. You could just skip to the next step, which is what do we want it to look like? And so I sit down with teams and I say to them, let's build this out. Let's look at some of the most important aspects of teamwork, accountability, um, feedback, and what kind of a team do we want to be? Just like as a starting point, those three chance. Sure. sure. And the, what kind of a team do we want to be is an important question because that question takes us away from the task focused goals that we have and it brings it into an identity. So like, you know, as a sure. team, who do we need to be in order to achieve mm. the goals that we need to achieve? Mm, mm, mm. And you then get to answers like, you know, we need to be a team that plays hard. Or we need to be a team that um, has each other's backs or we need to be the kind of team that uh, builds on the collective intelligence, whatever it may be. But we are speaking yeah. to the identity of the team. Yes. And we can start living into that almost immediately. You know, if your big goal is a certain revenue number, that's going to take you a year to hit. But becoming the kind of team that hits that goal, that can happen today already if it's yes. clearly defined, if we know yes. what it looks like. Yes, I love that. And so um, what you do is you build out this entire operating system and then you choose one behavior to start with and only one. Okay. And then every single month, you debrief on that one behavior until it becomes grooved. Love that. I want to circle back to this concept of operating system. What are the elements that make out the operating system? Is it our behavior, our office environment, the way we show up, the CRM and systems we work in, the policies, procedures, and red tape that we believe keep us behind or slow us down. Is that all in the ecosystem of an operating system? Yeah, I typically break it out into two. So you could call one the work agreement, and that would perhaps be the more technical stuff, like okay. this is how we communicate you know, via WhatsApp or call. Yes. Uh, this is level of decision-making, et cetera. Yes. So like, it's yes. the work stuff that needs to happen. The team operating system for me really is more about the interaction within the team. Okay. And so, so the behaviors. The behaviors, yeah. And I mean, you could look at, uh, you know, cooperation, coordination, uh, communication, mm. conflict, and you can break out specific behaviors for each of those components of teamwork. Okay. okay. Um, what I've just found is that it becomes very overwhelming because there's a lot of stuff that, you know, by the time you're done with a six hour workshop around team operating system stuff, and we've done only half of, you know, what you could be doing, um, there's a lot of information on that sheet. And so, and that's, so, so typically I focus only on feedback and accountability and identity of the team okay. because otherwise it's just too much. And I really believe that once we can fit, uh, fix feedback and accountability, it changes a ton massive, of things in teams. Massive, mm. massive, massive, massive. Yeah. I love that. You know, so often when, when you interact with people who, who are on a coaching journey. And I mean, you've been doing this for many, many years. So often in the session, you know, the conversation is powerful and there's this sense of I'm growing and there's awareness. But then when I leave, I kind of almost feel slightly demoralized, inundated and overwhelmed with what do I now mm. do? And I love the fact that you mentioned, take one behavior and, and let's try and nail that this month and embed it. Mm. Um, mm. Love that. Okay. So, so from the operating system, then Eric, 
is there anything else then to to move away from the frustration and and, and towards this clear purpose and identity? You know, um, just to quickly latch on to what you were saying here at the end is that one of my biggest gripes and frustrations is always the fact that Friday's hype doesn't turn into Monday's to do list. Sure. When it comes to these offsites, right? Sure. And and I've been I've been wondering because I'd work with the team at an offsite and then we break things down into the, these, even the, like the one behavior that you need to go and do. And then we check in about two, three weeks later and, and it didn't happen. And I go, mm. why is that? Mm. And what I came to realize is that we are evaluating the wrong thing when we are speaking to, to groups that want to change. Right. And what we are evaluating often is their willingness to change. Sure. And it's the wrong thing to evaluate because when we are at an offsite and we are saying, let's do things differently, Everyone is willing to change. That's why yeah. we're there. Yeah. What we need to be evaluating instead is people's willingness to be inconvenienced because that's what happens on Monday. That the moment that you get back to the office and there are fires burning and uh, clients that need attention and we are just back in the routine of how things are, mm. for you to step outside of that routine and say, we said as a team, we want to work on this and I need to hold you accountable for this. That's inconvenienced, you know? Sure. So, um, so that's something to keep in mind. Like if you're not willing to be inconvenienced, then don't go on the journey of trying to change because it's not going to happen. But I think what, what there needs to happen is that once you do have the behavior and once you do start holding people accountable for that, is that teams need to do a debrief at least once a month. Mm. Um, and team debriefs are just a, a very short process where you review what's happened and you plan for how we do things moving forward. Mm. Research has shown that teams that do de team debriefs can improve performance anything from 20 to 25%. Sure. Um, so that's quite significant. And when they did the research across, you know, the army, medical fields, et cetera, they found that an average length was about 18 minutes. So you don't even need to spend two, three Half hours debriefing yeah. every single month. Yeah. You could do an hour a month and that's already way more than what most teams are doing. And it's going to produce such incredible benefits off the back of that. Um, and when you go to, you know, online tools like Miro or Mural, Many of them actually have sort of retro templates that you could use. That's mm. going to take you through a process of what went well, what didn't go well, and what do we do moving forward. Love that. And I promise you, Love you take that. your team through that. You know, it keeps them focused, it keeps them intentional, and you'll start seeing changes happen. That's that's fantastic, and it it just ties in so beautifully. Before we land the plane, is it goes back to accountability and feedback. So mm. in the team debrief, there's that's an it. opportunity mm. to give the feedback. And then for individuals to assume accountability on what was said a week, two, three, a month ago, um, back, this is back to the Monday, right? Someone needs to own that, potentially everybody, but driven by the leader. And then there needs mm. to be that open, honest, ongoing feedback and accountability. That's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Eric, yeah, thank you so much. I think this is a great uh, place for us to, to, to end the episode. Um, I, I want to give you an opportunity to, to share with the audience where they can find you. Um, I think this is a, a wonderful opportunity for, at least you know, in my perspective, to look at teams completely differently. Um, so where, where can the audience find you and reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, easiest place is just to Google my name, Eric Kruger. You'll find my website. Um, you'll find Modern Breed's website as well if you just Google that. And then we have, uh, like you mentioned, a podcast called The Expansive that people can yes. listen to if they feel like um, hearing more about, because we've done episodes on this as well. Um, and yeah, awesome. that's about it. Easiest awesome. way. 
Eric, thank you so much. It's been awesome having you on the show. Really enjoyed it, uh, brother, and have a great day further and chat to you soon. Thanks to you, dude. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode on Solving the People Puzzle. We are going to continue to interview phenomenal individuals from the industry. And if you don't want to miss out, hit the subscribe button, as well as share this with friends, colleagues, and family members who you believe can benefit from this content, helping individuals and organizations solve the people puzzle. If you would like to know more about Whamley, please visit our website at whamley.io or simply email hello at whamley.io. Until next week, ciao.